0: hello
1: hey
0: good morning
1: it's not okay
0: no morning, we're, yeah, we're, we're recording it before the morning but <laughs> we have to keep it consistent because it will go up in the morning
1: okay good morning good morning everyone <laughs> there
0: you go <laughs> welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast that we have entitled
1: Ooh, what's the smell you thinking again
0: that's right, that's right. This will be like the one episode we don't talk about the weather because it is not day. <laughs> We're recording this at night because of complications on the Sunday morning, but we will get it up to you on Sunday morning. You'll be listening to this on a Sunday morning if you're yep. listening to it when it comes out. Yep. Anyways, how are you, David?
1: I'm doing well, Connor. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing danzy. Uh, I think it's time we discuss some stuff as yep. it is yep. that time of the week. We get into just the nitty gritty of you know, movies, TVs, video games, and stuff. But today we're talking about TV because we hadn't done a strictly TV episode in a while. Uh, we did movies and TV yesterday, but or not yesterday, last week. But today, oh, you were thinking sitcoms, yes? Because honestly, I was thinking this, I was thinking about it too. Like there are a lot of sitcoms, and if anything, sitcoms have kind of defined what TV is, like what TV is known for being and like TV shows is essentially TV comedies like sitcoms and stuff. It's defined what TV is going to be used for just like action movies are defined what movie theater experiences are like essentially TV show comedies kind of did that. And like, cause I mean, you, when you think of TV, I mean, unless you're not including Netflix anymore, you think of like the TV comedy cause that's exactly what's like kind of got it so popularized and it builds off from there you know
1: yeah and if you guys don't really know what a sitcom is it's shows like how i met your mother or two broke girls or new girl or or uh the office or friends shows yeah. like that they're all sitcoms.
0: yeah essentially a sitcom represents a tv comedy and th- it's not necessarily just laugh track comedies you know like the first thing you think of sitcom, you think of the laugh track and the silly song, you know, the characters doing stuff like that or doing like silly stuff, you know, but it doesn't always have to be kind of like that. Shows like Family Guy, Community, Golden Girls, all of those are considered TV are considered sitcoms because essentially what makes it a sitcom is just that it's a TV comedy. It aired on TV and is meant to make you laugh first and primarily. You can make debates for some like is our, our shows like the boondocks a sitcom, which most likely, you probably won't say that, but I've heard it debated before. That kind of thing, you know, TV comedies, essentially, move are shows that are trying to make you laugh first. And honestly, I think we've got a lot to talk about. So, you ready yeah, Dave? I'm ready, Connor. And you've seen Boondocks. You probably, real quick, do you consider that a sitcom, like a TV comedy?
1: Um, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I haven't heard anybody say that Boondocks is... Yeah. It's not like it's
0: it's not like it's a heated debate, but it's something I've heard before. Like some people have called it a comedy, some people don't. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know.
1: I mean, honestly, I, I would consider it under like the same vein as uh, like Rick and Morty in a way. Like, would you say Rick and Morty is a sitcom?
0: Yeah, TV comedy, totally. I would consider All right. that. All
1: right, I, I don't know. It, well, it's, yeah, it, it comes out. Weird. It's weird. But
0: essentially, essentially, what embodies it is a TV comedy. Uh, yeah. The, the, like, that's what we're going to talk about today. So as long as you're on the same page that it's TV comedy, you'll know what we're talking about. Yes. So do you want to kick us off with the first question?
1: Yes. Yes, I can. Sure. Go for so, it. So let me, let me give you a little introduction first. A little introduction.
0: Ooh, introductory paragraph.
1: So so basically, kind of like, kind of, kind of touched into the subject about how sitcoms have kind of like shaped how we watch TV today. Um, and there are so many different ways to like, take in, absorb these, this, this form of media. <clears throat> and so, Connor, I want to ask you, what's the best way to take in a sitcom? You the
0: best way to watch it?
1: Yeah, the best way to watch it. Like, is it better to take it from like the Netflix format or Hulu to have, like, the entire series there right in front of you? Or is it better to, like, come home from work or school maybe, and, you know, you got your show on, to kind of unwind too, and you got that one episode, you know? It's better to, like, binge it or to watch it episodically when it comes out, you know?
0: That's a great question, and I think we can, ta- we can actually dissect it a bit more and talk about, like, the pluses and minuses of both. I think the, the first thing we should say, I talk about is like the benefits of binge watching it. Cause there are a lot, you know, me and you both binge watch community. So we know what that feeling is, you know, but yeah, like a sitcom in, at its core is meant to be like individual episodes that don't strongly connect to each other because you're supposed to be able to get home and just watch it at any time you, you should. And it also should be one of those things where anybody can sit down and watch it. Right. It, like, since it would be airing once a week or something like that, any viewer could just turn on the TV and see it and go, I want to laugh. Let's watch it, you know? So, like, as a result of that, the episodes need to be self-contained enough that they can be taken from any point in the season. Like, as long as you understand the character, what they are like, what they embody. And usually the characters aren't terribly complex, so you understand what they embody. As long as you get that. You'll, you'll know what's going on in the episode and can enjoy it. Versus if a show is episodic and you have, like, this long arc, even if it's a comedy show, you don't want to jump into it not knowing what's going on if it's airing. Because then if you join episode, like, six and you hadn't watched episodes one, two, three, four, and five, you won't get it, you know? So, like, there's, there's that kind of benefit to that. And as a result, binge-watching it can get a little repetitive. Because if you're watching the same if you're watching a bunch of Seinfeld episodes let's say uh, and yeah of course it's very fun watching these characters but binge watching it would start to feel repetitive after a while because it's, it starts the same way and it ends the same way the episode begins things happen the episode ends with no connection to the next episodes in fact a lot of the time the shows even make fun of the fact that stuff that happens in the past episodes don't come back again like it's that disconnected and that's the point like it's obviously meant to be ingested that way but it makes it a little harder to binge watch but if you're really enthralled and you're loving it like that's perfect you get all the episodes right there for you so you can watch every every episode enjoy the, your, the characters you love and like go into it and you'll completely enjoy it so like there's that kind of double edged sword if you're really feeling it it's perfect cuz you get everything for you everything's there but if you're not if you're like if you even if you like like it a lot but you you know, after you watch it a while, you could start getting burnt out.
1: But, cunt, 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 I have. But that sparks a new question. Kind of, like, build off of it, kind of. Yeah. So what about shows like Community or The Office, where, like, let's say that you watch an episode from season one of Community or The Office, and then you watch an episode from, like, season six or five from either show. The show that you originally saw from that first season is not going to be the same show because there are characters that are new characters that are dropped. It's like, what, like, what's going on here? When did this all change?
0: Yeah, actually that's, that's a good point. Uh, and I think we can connect that back to as actually, we can kind of blame like, like I shouldn't say blame as, you know, as TV's evolved because TV used to be kind of a novelty. You watched it, you liked it, but not everybody had one as time gone on. Everybody started having a TV. Everybody started to be able to started to have access to cable, so you could watch any of these shows, and I think that started to be able to push the medium. Like you had examples of shows that were a little more uh, limit pushing. Like you had the Twilight Zone in the '60s. There are all kinds of shows out there that pushed the medium. Uh, like and they Ma- no, not MASH. MASH was a TV comedy, but there's a lot of there were a lot of shows out there that were not just comedic. Star Trek, great example, shows that were not comedies, but you know were older. But as time went on, I think people started to realize that TV comedies, as if it was the only thing that was on TV, that's not what everybody wanted. Like, it's time to change, time to evolve. And that's just kind of how things go. And I think as time had gone on, I think TV shows started being more connected. Now, there are, of course, still TV comedies. But I think as shows evolved and you got more shows that were actual stories, I think TV comedy started to pick up on that. They realize that if they're going to do the same thing over and over again, if you're going to have a a Friends, that '70s show, Seinfeld, and I don't know, Golden Girls on at the same time, it's time to start changing. And I think that's when shows you get shows like you know, like you mentioned, Community, The Office, How I Met Your Mother, Arrested Development. They hop in and say, "Look, you could watch any of this. You could watch any episode at any time and laugh." Like you could watch episode five of Community or season five of Community, watch an episode and you'd enjoy it because the characters are very distinct and the comedy is very universal. It's not completely based on who the character is. But if you do watch them in order, you do get to see the characters learn, grow, adapt, do new things. And it becomes like the episodes are connecting again. They're not exactly connected to each other in events, but they're connected to each other in character because the characters are learning and changing and you're getting new cast members. You're getting like new situations, the change, the setting, you know? So like, as a result, you know, you're, you're getting these new opportunities to essentially develop your characters and make them more memorable, more unique. And I think I'm not, I'm not saying that's necessarily better than something like friends where that are completely disconnected, but I think it does better for binging because now you have shows that aren't doing the same thing over and over again and feeling so isolated. They're they're starting to expand that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, kind of build on that. So I've always kind of felt like shows like Community or The Office have kind of, even though the episodes are self-contained and kind of, like, wrap up by the end, I feel like, in a way, it is kind of a, a loose-fitting string that's kind of the story arc of -hmm. the entire series you know like take the end of community or the end of the office it has a conclusive ending you know like it ends and it's like aware it's going to end you know it's not Mm -hmm. like it just ends like any other episode where it's self contained it ends like hey this is the end of the show being self aware that hey this entire show has existed you know the characters have grown they've come a long way Stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like they have a loose story arc in a way. Like the characters are able to grow and develop, but it's not as fast as a serialized show such as One Piece, you know? Where the characters mm-hmm. are constantly. <laughs> because story. it
0: all comes back to One Piece <laughs> every time.
1: Uh, I know, I can't help it.
0: It's all good, it's all good. Uh, so that, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, like it has that loose kind of story there so that it does have some benefit for binge watching
1: yeah yeah
0: but do you think that necessarily does that i mean now i can i'm gonna bounce some questions off of you because i've talked a lot um do you think that necessarily that implies that newer shows are implicitly better like does that mean that the newer comedies like you know you've got your your communities and your Arrested Developments developments your parks and rec do you think those are better than older TV shows like Brady Bunch, Friends, and That 70s Show. You know? Like, well, That 70s Show is older, right? It's not from the 70s, but like, it's from like the 80s or 90s, right?
1: Um, it's from the 90s.
0: I'm going to call that older. But, like, uh, the older shows like that, do you think that they're inherently worse than newer show for that reason?
1: No, no, no. Not at all, actually. Um, I mean, those other shows are incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Frankly, I I can't put my can't put my finger on it. Um, like shows like that '70s show or uh, Friends, like I can't tell you how many people just watch that show. Like it's like yeah, the they have they have fan they bases. They watch it religiously, yeah. and it's like why? It's,
0: it's like you with One Piece.
1: I mean, but I mean, that's yeah, different it, though. I
0: play it. I'm playing. It's like it all comes back to One Piece. It though. all comes back to understand. One Piece.
1: Everything comes back to One Piece. <laughs>
0: It's like that meme with the spacemen. It's like what? It's all one piece. <laughs> Always has been.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's there's kind of like a draw to those older shows in a way um, that that just that just bring people in. And it, it honestly just comes down to like your personal taste of what you're looking for in a show. You know, if you're, if you're looking for those newer shows like Parks and Rec Rest of Development, How I Met Your Mother, even though I don't think that's that's when did that come out. No,
0: yeah. How about your mother was like the two thousands. Yeah. It ended in like the early 2010s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for shows like that with like a loose storyline to it. Um, that's that's just like. pre digestible stuff like that. Then that's your jam. But if you're just looking for something that's like quick enjoyment. You don't really want to put your full attention into it. Go ahead and watch one of those older shows. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people, what they're looking for in a show. They're looking for a show that they can be on their phone on and not really have to pay attention. And they can listen to dialogue and be like, oh, ha, 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 that's funny. You know, it's it's like the... You don't really have to pay attention to it. You know, it's, it's quick, easy entertainment. You don't have to put a lot of focus into. And it's great. You know, lovable characters, lovable storyline for that episode. It's all good.
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's that easy like comfort kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's always there. Now, I wanna uh point a question or pose a question to you. Um think of the most popular and most long-lasting of the shows. I'm thinking off the top of my head, The Office, Simpsons is still going. You've got Friends, you've got Big Bang Theory, like these shows have hit like legend status at this point in terms of the longevity and how much people care about these shows. So, why these shows? Like, what makes a great sitcom, or maybe not a great sitcom, let's say, what makes a popular sitcom and beloved sitcom as beloved as it is? What put it there?
1: I was actually going to ask you this question.
0: Oh, I'm one step ahead of you. I am the... I am the Czech master, the chessman. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I've been thinking about this for, for years, honestly, because, mm. you know, I, I've, I've watched my fair share of sitcoms my day. And, I mean, frankly, I, like I said, I can't put my finger on it quite right, but I, I can speculate a bit. I can speculate to why some of these shows are so popular, like they are.
0: I mean, that's what we're here for. I mean, just to throw opinions at a wall and see which ones stick, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And honestly, I don't think it's because of the storyline of the show. I think that what makes these char- makes these shows so popular, so huge, so long lasting, it's because of the characters. It's because of who the characters are, from the very first time you see them to the very last episode, and for The Simpsons, whenever that
0: is. Yeah, right. So it's when the very last episode ends it's one day. <laughs>
1: yeah, one day. It's 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 who the characters are as as people and how we can relate to them. It's like it's almost like you turning on your TV and being able to watch people who are so relatable to you take take friends for example that, that was that was a long lasting show it had 9 or 10 seasons to it and the reason it it was so popular is it's because that you took a group a group of 6 20 something people and and <laughs> you should have said friends come for, on man 6, <laughs> six friends, of, friends. Of sorry
0: 20 something Friends, that's totally the intro, it's just
1: playing right there. <laughs> yeah, t- take those people and put them in relatable scenarios, you know? It's like, wow, I can really relate to these people, to these friends, you know? And I think, I think that's what's so encapsulating and, and interesting and why people come back to it. And you can apply this to any long-lasting show, be it Friends, Big Bang Theory, The Office, Shows like these have such relatable characters that that are just so funny and interesting to watch. You know, they're like the average Joes of shows, but at the same time, they're legends. You know, it's it's those average Joes that we can really relate to because the people who are watching these shows are the average Joes. You know, it's it's we want to be able to relate to the characters that's. That's how they become popular. They're, they're characters that we can relate to and connect to on a deeper level, even if the storyline isn't the best. I mean, for a lot of these shows, the storyline helps a lot. They're pretty decent, but I don't think it's about that. I think it's about, yeah. And a lot of
0: them don't even have plots. Like, what's the plot of Friends? Yeah, I mean, there like really, there is no plot. It's just, really, it's
1: just six friends doing stuff, and that's the amazing thing of it. It's simple. The simplicity of it is what just mm. it just what makes it so easy and fun to watch versus a show like One Piece, which is so complex <laughs> that you have to put a lot of time and effort into watching it. That's what not, not a lot of people take it on.
0: Was that all secretly just a ploy to get me to watch One yeah. Piece? That was rude. <laughs> Anywho, no, you said that brilliantly. Um, I. I very intimidated to try to take that on. That was really well said. But I'll I'll add something. Like I 100% agree. It is 100% the characters because when you know when you're when the people were watching sitcoms in the 50s, 60s, and then late, as they've gone on, they wanted to see things they could relate to. You'll never see a sitcom like a a extremely popular sitcom that takes place in or that has unrealistic characters and takes place in like a crazy nuanced setting because or that will get popular and relatable because when you're looking for a sitcom, you want to see things you can relate to. That's what, or maybe not everybody does, but that's what a lot of people want to see. Like the Simpsons. I barely watched Simpsons, but I can tell you the personalities of every family member, every single one of them. Cause you've got, you've got Homer, He's the lazy. He's the, you know, relaxed. He's the very, like, you know, very non, non-controlling non father person who just, like, he cares, but he just doesn't have, you know, he's very slow. He's very simple, you know. You got Marge. She's the mom. She's, like, you know, trying to corral everyone, keep everyone in place, you know, trying to, but not necessarily in a deme- in a domineering way, but in a way that's just generally loving, you know. Bart, the troublemaker, you know, like, you know, loving to get, and to do things you shouldn't do, not necessarily in a particularly malicious way, but in a way just because that's what kids do. You know, they have fun like that. Like, all those characters have that very distinct personality to them. And I think what makes them last is because people like seeing that, and they've connected with these people as if they were real people. Because they're so realistic, because they feel like people that the person who's watching knows, they can come back consistently and it's like a warm blanket that covers them because you recognize it you, I, you identify with it and therefore you will continue watching it now that carries over to a lot of shows because there are lots of different kinds of people Big Bang Theory takes over the group of nerds the people who aren't nearly as perfect and like the and not nearly as like life is you know not the kind of people that were in sitcoms before Big Bang Theory is about the dorks and the, the smart people like, that that totally captured that group of people. And so that group of people gravitated toward it. People who are friends with those kind of people gravitated towards it. Uh, you've got shows like Seinfeld, if that like, kind of grappled towards New York life. That show is very much New York. And people who lived in New York definitely identified with that. And that's kind of like, that, that's what I think makes those shows so iconic, is they take an, uh, an idea of a person and just do things with them, like in daily life. So that the viewer can relate to it. The viewer can say, hey, I recognize the situation. My gosh, it's like real life. Except it gets a little bit crazier, you know? Like, things get a little more interesting than daily life is. So it, like, you're sitting there going like, man, that just seems so, you know, exciting. It gives, it gives these these characters that I love are doing things in life that I wish I could do sometimes. Or I wish I wouldn't do because it's so embarrassing or weird, you know? Like, it has that appeal to people who are to the people who relate to it i think that is a huge reason as to why as good as some shows will get that are story driven their goal isn't to make the characters like you the goal is to make their characters like the character make them a character of themselves make them a separate person but sitcoms are like you know which one of these sitcom characters is you you know like which one's your friend it's it's that kind of thing like you identify with it like that
1: yeah, well said, Connor. Well said.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Now, maybe, uh, go would ahead. you like to move on to the next question?
0: Of course, I'm ready to go. I think I—I I mean, we've said some great stuff here, and I'm sure we can milk it more. But we can keep going. Yes.
1: Um. So, Connor, I want to ask. So, what's the difference between a sitcom or in a serialized show, such as, for one example, such as Avatar, Sherlock, basically any anime shows like that. So, what's the difference, and what's the draw for each of them? Like, why do people gravitate more for sitcoms, or why do people gravitate more for serialized shows? Like, what's the difference, and why do people gravitate to either?
0: Yeah, I think we've been kind of beating around the bush getting to this complaint. So I think it's good to be addressed this. So, uh, you know, those those shows with an episodic storyline and things that are happening across all the episodes and have a story to it, it. There's two different types of appeals that are two things that are appealing to for each of those shows. The episode or the shows that are episodic and have long stories appeal to the viewer who wants to be taken somewhere. They don't want to be taken in this world. They want to go somewhere else. They want to explore a a world with these characters that they that they, they relate to, but they don't see themselves as. They wanna they want to see these characters be defined and go on this adventure in their way. They want like it's a very much the movie appeal. A movie is supposed to take you out of the world you're in and take you somewhere different, somewhere unique, somewhere exciting, or whatever whatever the type of show it is, you know? They want to take you out of your body into someone else's. With a lot of TV sitcoms, it's more, it's it's ingrained in the idea that you need to understand the situation. Like, aliens could not understand Seinfeld because they don't understand how large life would work, you know? Versus if an alien, I mean, I shouldn't, I, I can't be speaking for the aliens that are using this hypothetical situation. But, like, if someone didn't understand New York life, they wouldn't get Seinfeld. But if someone who understood New York life or who didn't understand New York life could watch Avatar because you don't need to know New York life. They're already explaining to you what the life is that you're dealing with. It's a different world. And that's kind of the draw of those shows is that there's kind of this otherworldly, not otherworldly because that sounds more sci-fi, but like there's more to it that's not ingrained entirely within what we know now there are shows of course that do that there are plenty of cop shows like and, and medical shows like Law & Order that are ingrained in real life and you need to know that but like it's not dependent on you connecting with the characters more as it's you connecting with the situations like those episodic stories kind of either will take you to a different world or take you to at least a different mindset you know versus a TV comedy which is like you need to be on the same page as them you, you, I get, what, you get what I'm saying? yeah or like I'm trying to I'm trying to get it across, but you know, big words, very difficult, ape brain don't understand, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh expand upon four for four. What is your what is your take here?
1: Um so the the thing is with sitcom shows that are episodic versus serialized shows, I, I think I think it really comes down to what you're looking
0: for in a show. I think, I think you mentioned that
1: earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it. You'll uh, stand upon yeah,
1: further. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm working.
0: David, geez, you're so well,
1: you're, you're gonna have 2 suggestions gonna have two towards, too?
0: I'm Working towards it.
1: Ah. I'm working towards. See, so you see, um, people who are looking for the the sitcom more uh, episodic episodes. Uh, of shows,
0: I guess we should probably I I, I just started using episodic to describe the shows with a narrative. So let's say a narrative show and a comedy show. We'll differentiate it by that.
1: Okay. So, because
0: um, I was I was that would get confusing because I use different I use terminology differently than you did so or that you might so. Okay. Lay the groundwork now. Okay.
1: Sorry. Okay. Um. So, basically, um. The comedy shows that we, we that we've been talking about they're for a demographic of people who are looking for kind of like a, a short a short time a, a short time a a spur of entertainment you know they're not looking for, yeah, spur, of the spur the moment, of the moment. not looking for any long term commitments you know looking for a show that they can get a quick blur of enjoyment out of you know it's like you know I'm bored tonight i'm i'm in the mood for you know some some friends or something i want to i wanna watch little friends go on my phone unwind throw it on you know just you know unwind for the night uh chill, chill. yeah stuff like that watch the boys whatever the,
0: the boys, boys. <laughs> it all comes it all comes back to watching yes, it with yes, the boys yes, 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 yes. we haven't even discussed the tv show the boys on here no we Jeez. haven't we we mention the boys a lot and don't actually talk about the show <laughs> a lot I haven't Me seen either. it, so it's not like we could, but yeah. whatever. Keep going.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's more open show, more more free, more free. You, you can watch whatever episode you want. It is what it is. But if you watch more narrative, you call it? Narrative, episodic episode? Stuff, yeah, narrative, narrative stuff, yeah. Um, if you watch shows like that, um, you have to, like, actually put in the time to watch the show to understand the storyline of it, you know, it's like like Connor mentioned earlier. It's like watching a movie, right? It's it's you have to sit down for a period of time to understand the story, you know. Um, and and that's and that's how it goes for this narrative show. You have to sit down, take the time, and watch to understand the full story of what's being told to you, you know. Um, and personally, I like narrative shows better. Um because I feel like the themes that they're trying to portray are a lot stronger and more prominent within narrative shows versus comedy shows. yes, there are emotions and and feelings that that you can get out of those shows, but those mon- mostly stem from the I guess the the i guess the the length of of time you've put into watching that show like a show like friends that you've that you've kept up with or you've just i guess binge watched by the time you get done with it it's like wow it's over now i'm sad i spent so much time with these people versus like a a narrative show which after a certain period of time after you get to connect with these characters and something happens you begin to like feel like you can feel anger sadness happiness with with these characters you know it feels like you're growing with these characters as you're going along in the story you're you're maturing as the show is maturing versus a show that's comedic where you're not really growing with the characters it feels like the characters are growing without you in a way because you could watch any old episode. And they could be at this point of maturity versus that point of maturity, and it doesn't really matter. You know, you can always show out of order, and it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> so it depends what you're really going for on how you want to relate to the characters that you are connecting with. And both comedic and narrative have you connecting with the characters a lot. Though for both the story helps a lot, but I think more for narrative. I'm kind of losing my voice for some reason.
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Take a breather. I think I've got a I've got an analogy that can help differentiate it. Watching a narrative show is like eating a baked ziti. What now? Let me, <laughs> what let me explain. Are you about? Let me explain. A baked ziti has got a lot of different flavors in it. You're talking. The pasta, you got the meats, you got the cheeses, you got the seasonings, all that kind of stuff, and it takes time to make. You can't just say, "I want some baked ziti," and then, bam, baked ziti's there for you. No, the baked ziti you got to put time into, and there's different complex layers and flavors and different kind of things going on that takes time. And not that that's necessarily that oh, it's difficult, which but it can be because you know a good baked ziti is not the easiest thing to do. But the thing is, you got to put time into it and when you eat it you're you're you feel the complexity of those flavors and how much different things there are it's it, you know it's, it's enriching you know watching a tv comedy is like eating a hot pocket bam throw that in the microwave it's done that's it that is all you have to do to get the flavors it's not super complicated it's just cheese and sauce and the pasta and like the little bread and the around around it not a big thing it's super quick it's super simple and Now, I'm not trying to say that baked ziti is automatically better than a Hot Pocket. No way. If you've been eating Hot Pockets your entire life, Hot Pockets are going to fill you with so much nostalgia because it brings upon a a time and a place that you've been eating them, you know? It makes you feel at home, makes you feel safe. Now, baked ziti, of course, can do that. But the thing is, a baked ziti you can't just make in two seconds. You can't just throw it on or throw it in and enjoy it right away. You need to go through the process of making ziti and baking it, preparing it, to have those complex flavors hit you again. That's basically the difference what I'm trying to say here. A TV comedy is simple, it's quick, you can watch one episode and instantly get the entirety of the show's feel. A long-term TV show, a narrative TV show, is like a baked ziti, because you can't just watch an episode and feel what the show is. You need to go through the entire process of watching the show to feel those things it wants you to feel. And both have the like advantages it's just do you want to watch a short show and enjoy our tv comedy i mean and enjoy a hot pocket or do you want to watch a show like avatar with those rich characters and themes that you got to make and you got to spend time in you know
1: yeah i think, I think that was a a great way to sum up Everything we just talked about, oh, right thank there. You. For
0: that I love that. I love that it started as what? Why are you comparing a show to a baked ziti? And, uh, yeah, a yeah, it ended with Yeah, it was. Oh, I feel, I feel it so was, warm inside. It was inside. a
1: really good way of kind of summing up that that question, really.
0: Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank uh, you. Kind of, but yeah, do you I mean, you want to ask me? go ahead. I do have a question for you. So actually, I I kind of lost it amidst the baked ziti. I'm kind of hungry now, but. Uh, Let's talk about animated TV shows because animated Damn sitcoms me. are working their way up. An- no, not anime. No. Animated sitcoms, they've been working their way up recently. Because back in the day, it was just kind of Simpsons. With there were a couple other animated TV shows for adults and you know people that aren't kids. But like as time's gone on, you've gotten your your American Dad, your Family Guy, your assorted uh, assorted. You know, Adult Swim cartoons. Rick and Morty. Exactly. There are a lot of them. And that is becoming in and of itself as appealing as a live action sitcom like Friends or The Office. So I've got to ask you, what exactly about the animated uh, sitcoms are grabbing people? Like, what what makes them so special?
1: Um, You know,
0: honestly. And I want to, like, I also just. Real quick, we're talking specifically TV comedies. Oh yeah, not make sure it's not so narrative. Yeah, just making sure. Not talking about mature shows. Why One Piece is so great? No, I mean any minute now. Like uh, I mean, like Avatar can be appreciated by an adult, just like a TV comedy can. But I mean, just focusing on the TV comedies, the ones that aren't so narrative. Just you know, keeping things focused. Just wanted to remind them. I wanted to remind the viewer and you so we're on the same page. Cool, Mm -hmm, cool.
1: mm -hmm. So comedic shows, comedic and animated shows in particular, I think that they, similar to normal comedic shows, they are very relatable. Um, Like take Family Guy or Simpsons or Rick and Morty. The characters in the shows are relatable in some aspects, um, but at the same time, they can do so much more. In the animated realm, your 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 limitations are kind of just alleviated, you know, they're just gone. Like you can do so much more, and I think that's a huge draw for people. Um being able to see the different possibilities with the animation it's 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 really cool it's really cool because there are some jokes that happen in like American Dad or family guy or simpsons that you can't do in in real life like they do some pretty crazy stuff like they they break bones or basically just like in a way kill themselves or kill other people and it can just restart in the next episode, or heck, the next scene. Like, Peter Griffin could end up basically dying, getting his head cut off in one scene. The next scene it's reattached and nothing happened, you know? It's like, there are so many possibilities for these characters to do that you can't do in real life, you know? Um, And you know, when I think about it a bit more now, um rick and morty is 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 a weird exception it's it's not really it's it's more of a narrative show because it it actually follows a a coherent storyline throughout the entire series it's it's though though it is self-contained in its episode in some ways it it has it has a coherent storyline that's really yeah i mean
0: yeah i get you yeah, there's there's always exceptions to the rules. There's there's no definitive answer to all this. We're just kind of basing it off of what's yeah, common. Yeah. And I think I think you're 100% right there. And I I can I want to expand upon that a bit more cuz you're totally right. I think the the, anim- the thing with animation is it's a wall. Animation is a wall between what we consider real and what we consider fake. If you were to take a show like Friends and make it raunchy, make it more violent, make it more Cruel. Like it it takes away what makes those shows relatable. It stops being relatable and becomes more gruesome and more, you know, painful in a way. And animation takes the humanity away from it, which sounds bad until you realize that means you can do a lot more. That means you don't have to worry about making it realistic. You can focus on making it funny. And I think shows like Family Guy and specifically South Park take advantage of this huge because they're still relatable in the sense of I still feel like a attachment to these characters because they're not terribly complex you get the idea but they're also very sick and they have a lot there's a lot more violence there's a lot of things you wouldn't say in real life there's a lot of things you wouldn't see in real life and they could take more risks with jokes because it's not a human saying it it's a cartoon saying it so it doesn't feel like someone themselves is being offensive. It feels more like a cartoon character is being offensive. You can get away with a lot more in animation. And while still being a TV sitcom, because you're still you could watch one episode of Family Guy or South Park or Simpsons or anything like that. You can watch the one episode of those. It doesn't really matter which season. You can just pick one. Like, they're still disconnected with the sitcoms, but they're a little bit, they get away with a lot more. Like, There's a reason why all of the shows we watch, like, all the shows we were talking about earlier aren't TVMA. Like, The Office and Seinfeld and all that. They're all PG, essentially. But, like, the other animated shows, for the most part, except for Simpsons, because Simpsons is basically just an animated, like, animated, normal sitcom. Like, for the most part, they're all, they all get away with a lot more. Because they know that, they use that animation boundary to kind of cover up what is real and offensive. Well, they still can be offensive, but they cover up what's real and essentially say it's this is this is the cartoons that are doing it. So it's relatable enough that you're invested and you want to continue watching, but at the same time it's still raunchy and dark and different than what's on TV, yeah. you know? It's it's different than the typical sitcom. And like there are plenty of TV shows that totally take advantage of that. They do things in animation that you could never do in live action because it it would be considered to Offensive, like you would you wouldn't want your actor being associated with what they said on the TV show, uh, an animated raunchy TV show. Yeah. Like you know, if they made an extremely violent or offensive joke, you'd associate it with the actor. Versus if a cartoon character did it, boom, it's a cartoon character. Who cares? You know, no one's going up to Seth mcfarland and being like, "Your character, your, you did something offensive to me." No, my character did something offensive to you. It's not a real person. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. There's a lot more opportunities and risks that you can take within the boundaries of uh, animation.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, it doesn't always pay off. There's so many times where both South Park and Family Guy specifically have offended people to a point that's uncool. Like, there are, of course, jokes that go too far. But they have the opportunity to take those risks because they are covered by that animation. While at the same time still being a typical TV sitcom about characters just doing things. They still have that vagueness and lack of dimension that gives them relatability while at the same time being able to do things that are extremely offensive and you know not be jarring, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. That a doubt. Uh, yeah.
0: Now I wanna I wanna ask a question real quick to you because you watched yes. Rick and Morty. Um, so Rick and Morty, I've, I've read an article once that Rick and Morty does something that's kind of different because TV, TV sitcoms don't really like to do to address alcoholism because alcoholism is extremely real and not funny. And so they don't touch it that much. And if they do, they do it in a, in a more, you know, exaggeratedly light way. But Rick and Morty has a extremely alcoholic main character, correct? Because Rick is extremely, that's, that's a part of his character, and they address that in yep. the show, right? So, why, I mean, I, it might just be because of animation, but why do you think Rick and Morty can get, a, get away with dealing with alcoholism versus other shows could probably couldn't? Mm,
1: well, you see, with Rick and Morty, I, I, it has a lot to do with who Rick is as, as, as a person. So Rick, Rick and Rick and Morty, he's supposed to be the, the smart, one of the smartest people in the entire universe. You know, he, he makes all these crazy creations. And, and you think being the smartest person in the universe, you have it all figured out. But in reality, he's, he's a broken man. He, he honestly has nothing figured out. He, 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 just, he goes on adventures with his grandkids so i mean alcohol is is a way is is a coping mechanism for him and watching the show you you understand why he does it and in a way you feel bad for him because he struggles with with mental health yet he refuses to do anything about it his his way of coping with mental illness is by drinking and he does it so much that he's, he's become tolerant to it. You know, he, 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 you, you, like you, it's rare to see this man sober. He's, he's always drinking and it's, it's not even part of the comedy really. It's, it's, it's more about who he is as a character and what it represents for him, because I'm not going to spoil anything, but as you go along with the show, you see all these terrible things that have happened to him in the past that him drinking is the only way that he's able to stay remotely mentally sane you know like you're surprised that this man hasn't tried to kill himself or destroy the entire world or something you know like it's his way of staying calm you know it's it's not even really used that much for comedic purposes you know but on the surface it does look like that because you know, he's like this bumbling alcoholic who just says random stuff and burps all the time, you know? It, it it's yeah. Don't we all it, it has a deeper meaning to it that that kind of lets him get away with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's what kind of differentiates you know, the differentiates the kinds of T V comedies out there. Because Rick and Morty, like you mentioned, is a little more narrative than the others. And that's why there's characters like that. Like you can get away with doing characters that aren't really as memorable. Right, not mem- no, not memorable. I didn't mean to say that at all. No, what I meant to say was you can get away with characters that aren't as relatable. Like, you aren't a bumbling alcoholic who's also a genius, but at the same time, you understand the feelings he's going through. That's something that you can identify with because you know people like that. That's kind of where that, that meshing of the two kind of comes in and creates the best of the best shows. Because... Comedies are essentially characters. That's the big thing. And a lot of narrative TV shows are narrative. That's their thing. They are strictly a narrative. They're just perfections of both of those things. TV shows are the uh, uh, you know, accumulation of character and narrative, the accumulation of narrative. So combining those two, you've mastered what are two of the most important things about a TV show. The story, or not a TV show, in everything in telling a story is the narrative and the character because you want to know who's doing it and why they're doing it and what's happening, of course. Like, that's kind of how where the best of that best stuff comes from is that you can master both of those things and as a result feel the most enthralled and motivated to continue this story, you know? Like, a, a TV show like The Office and Seinfeld and full house have mastered what a character should be and how you can relate them to a viewer narrative shows like avatar have mastered understanding a world and a journey and things that happen to characters. Maybe they're relatable, but they're not somebody you see yourself as now combining those two is where things like Rick and Morty can come in, where you have a comedy that relates that you can relate to the character on a level that's a little more close than something like avatar but at the same time it is much more uh in you know more detailed and more nuanced than a t- typical tv sitcom because you have a story that's allowing this character to grow and learn and build so it's a mix of both can really take advantage of what makes both of those mediums so good you know
1: yeah yeah
0: Kind of wild and kind of wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
1: that, was, that was well said,
0: Connie. Thank you. But honestly, like, I think, I mean, it's it's ironic. This is coming from a guy who doesn't really watch TV shows that often. But TV shows can do that because they have more time to do that than a movie does. TV shows have time to build your character and narrative so strong that, like, you can identify better. Of course, you can do that with movies. But it's you can do it more... Detailed and more complex in a TV show. It's definitely possible. And I think, honestly, like that is totally a draw. And I think whether you are a big sitcom person, whether you're a big uh, narrative person, I think what you value is there in a TV show. And there's just one out there for you. You just got to look for it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: kind of. I, uh, I, I, go I was going
1: to say that. was That's a really good. Conclusion to the
0: good, con- to the, yeah, like, good conclusion. Yeah. This will be a shorter episode. That's yeah. all right.
1: That's I, all think right. I, what's I don't uh, think it could be talked.
0: Thank you, um, yes. David. I want to ask. I know we just kind of concluded the developing the you know, the narrative, the, uh, not narrative, huh, the kind of the, the, anal- the analytics of this, but I do want to mm-hmm. ask a question. I don't want to keep extending it, but I do want to ask this question because I think the viewers deserve to know. What are the best TV sitcoms in your opinion? You don't have to go into a lot of detail because I know clearly we're 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 wrapping up the conversation. But we just talked about what made them so great. So it only makes sense that we address which ones do it best in our opinions. And I think, David, I think you've got something to say i believe in you so please enlighten us
1: all right so i'll talk about some of my favorites um so one on the top of my mind that i finished kind of recently is the show the good place um
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i remember you yeah, i remember yeah, you yeah. mentioned
1: that, that, that one that one is a more narrative sitcom or, or yeah
0: kind of a like a mesh uh, of the two
1: not really. Like, it's most definitely narrative. Uh,
0: oh curses. We're supposed to be focused right, on TV right, shit okay. I'll
1: talk about something. talk about something. Some.
0: Well, Good Place yes, is very good, yes. check it out.
1: That. Um Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> um Okay. I'll talk about the Big Bang Theory.
0: Oh, is that oh yeah, yeah, Big
1: yeah. Bang Theory. Um I haven't watched a show in a while, but I vividly remember a lot of it um, i I really like this show um, I think it's really creative and unique and it kind of takes the your typical sitcom and flips them it its head in a way um, because you know it's taking it's taking an unusual cast and and making them the star of the show like taking the the unpopular nerds and making them the star of the show and it, it, was, it was really a draw because not only did it encapsulate the the I guess the nerds in quotes um, for example but it also grabbed a whole array of people. Like for example I remember my mom really liking the show. Um, she is it was super funny. Uh, characters are super likable um, and there were a lot of references that she didn't get. You know like talked a lot about Quantum physics and um, superheroes and stuff. And my mom doesn't really know a lot about this stuff, but she could really connect with the characters on a deeper level because, um, you know, she she was young once. You know, she she lived in an apartment. She she struggled making friends at times. Um, um stuff like that. And also, my mom works at a, a university, and these people work at a university, so it's like some connections there. Like you, even, even if it's in the slightest of ways you can connect to these characters, um, I think Big Bang Theory does it really well. Um, connecting all sorts of people really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's like totally talking about those, those draws of sitcoms. Look at that. We're making connections to our prior yeah. discussion. Yes, David. Yes. We're so smart. Um,
1: another show that I enjoy that I actually watched a bit more recently that is comedic, and that show is The Goldbergs.
0: Oh, Goldbergs. I've watched a lot the of Goldbergs. The
1: Goldbergs is really good. If you don't know what The Goldbergs is, it's basically um, kind of like this 80s family. It's about this, okay. It's, it's this guy who took his life stories, like stories from when he was a kid, and made a show about it, basically. So he, he grew up in the 80s. So it's a show about him and his family, it was changed a little bit um, to, I guess, make the cast a bit more diverse, um, but for the most part, it it stayed the same. Um, and it's just it's just his stories, life stories, um, and it, it's it's a really fun and funny show to watch. Um, that you, you could just watch basically any episode and get tons of fun out of it. You know, it, it's 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 a fun show. Not not too not too much to think about there really good show I highly recommend it if you're bored or something um and that actually kind of sparks mm-hmm. something i kind of want to kind of want to talk about a little bit um
0: yeah. or can yeah, i add one thing about goldbergs it's a good show really good show but i think it kind of it, it's kind of genius in how it came out because it, it totally took advantage of what was popular at the time and like the zeitgeist of like what's going on like the goldbergs is all 80s and the 80s have been coming back like crazy recently. Like, movies that take place in the 80s, movies that are about the 80s, movies that reference the 80s, are huge right now for some reason. Like, Stranger Things and It took place in the 80s. Like, there's a ton of popular movies that just take place in or or reference a lot the 80s. Like, like, actually, I shouldn't say Guardians of the Galaxy, but, you know, that same idea that Guardians of the Galaxy is trying to connect to. Like, the '80s was totally huge at that time, and the fact that Goldberg just kind of went like, "The gimmick of our show is that's the '80s." That's, that's that's what they said, and people were like, "Yeah, go for it!" And now it's like 20 million seasons. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's that's another way that it can connect to people is like it connects to a common topic, something that people have been identifying with recently. Yeah, I
1: think I think it's partially because a lot of the people who are making this show, ma- making these shows right now grew up in the 80s you know
0: exactly yeah that's why the 70s show was big because the 70s show i guarantee you was made and for the people who grew up in the 70s yeah like yeah yeah I mean, yeah could go yes yeah, so
1: like like 70s shows like that came out in the 90s person who made it probably grew up in the 70s you know um and and i'm sure that's gonna happen with soon there's, there's gonna be people from who are born in the born in the nineties uh, who are gonna be making shows about their life that are gonna be coming out this decade.
0: Which yeah kind of warming up to that. Nineties has been getting a lot of play soon too or recently too. So I'm I bet you yeah. that'll come soon.
1: Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Um and, and I just think it's kinda cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It uh, is yeah, good stuff. Are you wanna say we were segueing into a thought before right, I interrupted no, you. Okay. Sorry. <laughs>
1: um I I kinda wanna talk about um how I feel like <clears throat> there are these, I guess, racial shows in, in a way, like, like racial group shows.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can, I'll, I'll very briefly, I, I can elaborate, I think what you're saying. There are shows that, well, all, there are all kinds of shows for different kinds of people. And sitcoms were very white for a very long time. With very small exceptions like the Cosby Show, it was a very white kind of thing, having a TV sitcom. So there are always going there after a while. They started being sitcoms and comedies that appealed to certain demographics because there wasn't one, and they filled a niche that is very open and, it, of course, very and will always be accepted because there will always be different groups of people. It, like so, there's. I mean, I don't want to. Me being a white person, I'm not going to point out which shows are for which groups because that is, of course, racist. But what I will say is there are there are shows that gear themselves towards a certain type of people because there is a niche for that. You know? Yeah. I, th- yeah, I think yeah, that yeah, right? definitely
1: hit the point I was trying to say. Um, and and there are shows like The Goldbergs or um, Fresh Off the Boat or Blackish. Shows like that that are trying to hit like different demographics different demographics and stuff. Yeah. But you I mean, honestly, you could be any ethnic group and enjoy these shows. Like I I've watched the Goldbergs, Blackish, Fresh Off the Boat, and i have enjoyed all of them. Very much so.
0: Yeah, Fresh Fresh yeah. off the Boat's really funny too. I've watched a handful of those shows, of those episodes. Really yeah.
1: good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've not watched Blackish. I don't really That's know much okay. about that one. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think it got nominated for yeah, a bunch I mean, of. I it it's a
1: pretty good show. Um, do you want to talk about some shows that you like?
0: Sure. Um, I guess I, I. Sorry about that last comment. I, it's not actually racist, but you got what I mean. I don't. I don't want to get, go there as a white person. I don't want people getting mad at me. Anywho, I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about Seinfeld. Seinfeld's different. So Seinfeld is a very strange show because it it prides itself on being a show about nothing. That's its. That's its spiel. But at the same time, the show about nothing is kind of the sitcom's bread and butter. So it's not necessarily unique in that regard. I think what makes Seinfeld very distinct is it's very, very cynical for what it is. Like, the thing that people make fun of with friends at Full House is that it's extremely optimistic. It's extremely, like, idealized situations that you can relate to, but you don't necessarily... Wouldn't necessarily happen because everything's very idealistic. Everything goes the way it should, or in the very least, ends the way it should. And people are very peppy and happy a lot of the time. But Seinfeld kind of brought it down to earth in the sense of these characters are tools. All of them are just very rude, abrasive, and extremely non friendly to people. Like, Jerry is very sarcastic and very, like, He's very anti people. George Costanza is a not a people person at all, and doesn't really understand. Like, doesn't understand that the world doesn't think he's as good as he thinks he is. He's very narcissistic and egotistical. You've got, uh, you've got uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. I'm blanking on her name now, which is annoying. Her character's name, but she like her kind of thing is she's very like she thinks she's important enough to the point where, like, she kind of expects everyone to do what she wants, while George is kind of just kind of confused that people don't appreciate him. She just wants people to do what she thinks she, they should, and she's kind of, like, mightier-than-thou sort of thing. Like, it's a very cynical kind of show, and it's very, like, the, the characters aren't necessarily very friendly to each other, even when they're friends they constantly are telling each other they're stupid, and you're know, like, you're dumb. That's kind of, like, and that's what I think kind of appealed to the New York audience because it's very new yorkish that's the kind of the, the theme of the show. New York people, if you didn't know, are very kind of fed up a lot of the time, and a lot of them are just kind of consistently very agitated and sick of people because of how crowded it is and how you know New Yorkish it is so like it appealed to people because like th- it wasn't squeaky clean like it wasn't violent or anything and in all things considered if you compare it to like you know family guy this is. Pathetic and not at all dark. But it's much more cynical than the average show. So, like... You'd have characters calling each other idiots. And, like, leaving them... And, you know, being more... Like, you know... Acknowledging that what's going on is stupid. Rather than not really doing that. With a lot of other shows. So it gave it kind of its edge. And honestly, like, going back to it... It's still a little squeaky clean in comparison to other things. But... I do think it's worth a watch because it's a cool time capsule of like the nineties and like that kind of comedy. I think honestly, it's, it's really solid and it does have a lot of laughs in it. And I still think the characters are relatable because who doesn't know the, like, you know, the asshole in your group, you know, like they're not mean, but they're not really nice. You know, they're not the kind of people who will give you the code off their back. They'll probably knock you like trip you and laugh about it and, you know, high five their friends and help you up later. That kind of thing, you know? I, I do find it kind of funny in that regard. Not perfect. It's it's very just its own thing, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and of course, Community. Great show. Community's, we've literally done yeah, an entire episode on it. But, yeah. But essentially, Community works because it's very, it has very smart writing that allows it to connect to people in a way that feels very nuanced and detailed, but at the same time having very simple characters. It's very well written, very complex in that way, but at the same time being simple enough that it's understandable. It's a very good balancing act in that regard. Very good show. If you want a lot of detail on our thoughts on it, go and uh, check out the episode we did on Community. But those are the two I'll talk about. Um, And I think we are ready to get to suggestions now. But I do want to say this was a really good conversation. I'm really glad we got a bunch of uh, leverage out of it, or mileage. Sorry, mileage. Uh, I'm how pretty you feeling, good, Connor. Dave? How you feeling? I'm good. Yes, you ready to get some suggestions? I how to... many you got?
1: Ugh, I know.
0: Someone's a TV sitcom <laughs> doing the same thing every episode. Uh,
1: yeah. So y'all
0: already know what I'm about to
1: talk about for my first suggestion,
0: and it's Homer. homer's yeah, the yeah,
1: no, it, it, Homer's the odyssey yeah
0: no, Homer's the Odyssey is totally up your alley definitely oh, yeah, definitely that, a page that, that
1: was a classic back in the day um but no, I'm <clears> talking <throat> about one piece um.
0: Hang on, while you talk about One Piece, right. I'm going to get some right, water. Cool,
1: cool. <laughs> okay, so. I'll be back. Everyone. So, basically, as you guys know, um, in the, the last time I talked about One Piece, I was in Wano. And <clears throat> I'm still in Wano. I'm the, the, Wano's the most recent, recent uh, arc. There's nothing beyond it yet. Um, but I, I do have some speculations on what's beyond Wano. But I'm not gonna get into that because that's spoiler territory. And I know there are a lot of you guys out there who haven't watched the show yet or aren't completely caught up. <clears throat> and you guys are probably thinking like, oh, this is probably David's last time talking about One Piece. It's probably all caught up by now. But no, I am not. <coughs> Actually, Connor, are you back? Connor? Connor
0: i'm okay. back awesome. i got the water i
1: actually
0: have i know the, the listeners are over here like oh my gosh why <laughs> ditch
1: I know, I know i know how
0: dare he it's all good guys i got the most middle of the road water on the planet <laughs> tap water
1: um i actually have three suggestions honey holy crap them. i forgot a miracle
0: them. struck <clears throat> i left the room and came back and suddenly god's hand touched you and gave yeah, you a third yeah. uh suggestion. Um...
1: So, like I was saying, um, you guys might be thinking I'm finished with Wano by now, but I'm not. Uh, I was actually busy watching a different show this week, so I wasn't able to watch too much One Piece. But I did get a little bit further into it. Um, So, what's kind of going on right now is that the crew, the Straw Hat crew, is kind of going undercover in Wano. They're not trying to start too big of a fight Because, um, you know, they're going against uh, an emperor of the sea, a Yonko. And they're the creme de la creme of pirates. They're the strongest pirates there are. And they're trying to strategically kill the Yonko, you know, the emperor. And so they have this whole plan. It's going to be this huge battle in Wano. It's like... What are they going to do? It, it, it's, it's currently nine days away from where I am um, in the show. It's nine days away. It's going to be this huge battle in Wano versus uh, the Emperor of the Sea Kaido versus the Straw Hat Pirate Crew and some other members, too. It's going to be this big battle. It's going to be crazy. Um, so that's where I am. And I'm getting pumped. I am so excited. Um, so far, this arc has been absolutely amazing. Um it started off a bit weird. Um, but I've kind of kinda of accepted that and I'm looking into the future and the future is looking bright for one piece. It's 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 great. It's great. Um if if you guys only watch One Piece for one thing, I'm telling you, watch it for Wano. Wano is so good. It is such a good art. Wano. Uh, y'all y'all have to watch the show. I'm telling you I highly recommend it. Very, very good show. Like I always say.
0: Would you it consider a it a banger? It a banger. Oh, all
1: right.
0: Okay, all
1: right. My second it. suggestion. Okay, my second ahead. suggestion is I kind of I kind of forgot about it. And this is the show that I was watching instead of One Piece. This show
0: Oh, yes, it's the Jujutsu Demon Slayer.
1: Michael talked about this show.
0: Now, what it, what is it? What is it that, in that, English? That's, that's what the show's called. But what does is is Jujutsu Kaisen mean in English?
1: I don't know. What does it mean? <laughs> I don't...
0: Hang on, I mean, I am, I'm no ignorant white American, but I want that, everything that, to be translated English into English and English only.
1: There, there's no more... It can't be more English in Jujutsu Kaisen.
0: Well, I guess I will just have to sit here in my American it bubble and as, huff it, about it.
1: The name <sighs> it is already... in. Do you do you want the Japanese name for it or something because that's the American name for it.
0: What? But none of those were no All right. All right. I'll compose I I I will compose myself but, my American it, ways it a... I will suppress until you finish your suggestion. Okay. Right. I'm kidding. I'm 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 playing. I'm not actually that mad. I'm mostly disappointed. Okay, whatever. So um... go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, that's yeah. fair. That uh, joke so,
1: died. Jujutsu... Oh, well. Kaisen. like Mike, like not Michael. My- Michael did talk about this show, but um, this show,
0: yeah, battle royale. Episode. So go check this show it out. is
1: basically about this guy who accidentally eats a demon finger, and he, yeah as and we do he gains these powers that kind of like allow him to go into like a demon side right so when he's, when he's in this demon side, as he doesn't they do. control himself at all you know it's like this totally different entity that takes over his body it's basically like a vessel for this demon and he becomes the demon um, but he's able to suppress it pretty well um, and this demon is super powerful and there's 20 fingers, and basically, he has to work for this um, jiu-jitsu academy that, that said, okay, buddy, you could either die right now, or you could help save Japan and eat all 20 fingers and then die, you know? Um, so he has to grow and become stronger so he can fight strong demons that have the fingers that he needs to obtain to kind of save Japan in a way, you know? So he's learning and becoming stronger. And actually by learning and becoming stronger, he's watching movies. That is how he's training. By watching movies. It's it's weird. Oh he's my kind of guy. If you watch the show you'll know why. So basically there's eight episodes of the show. It's pretty short. So jump on it now before it gets too late and the show gets like Honestly, I don't think the show will be that long, um, but jump on it early. Um, it's it's a really good show. Beautiful animation came out this year. It is it's it's part of the fall anime, um, kind of grouping. Uh, if you don't know what I mean by that, so basically, anime runs seasonally. So there's you got your fall, winter, summer, spring anime that kind of run for that whole entire season. Um, of course, there are some exceptions to that, like One Piece that runs annually, which is kind of an outdated formula because it never gives the a... Yeah.
0: Kind of kinda, yeah, kinda yeah, old it really One is. Piece, really, huh? Better, yeah, you better it's, have it's, your it's outdated. Outdated. One Piece. It's
1: outdated. It's Grandpa. outdated. It doesn't let the show catch up or it doesn't let the anime doesn't let the manga get further along. And it ends up catching up to the manga. And they're able to fit like two thirds, maybe even less, of that episode of the of that chapter in the episode, and the pacing becomes disgusting. But that's where like through Kaisen, where it, it can fit like two two and a half chapters within an episode, right? Because it comes out seasonally once a year, so it has time to distance itself from the manga.
0: I bet you that's also why a lot of the animation looks yes, a lot cleaner because exactly, they have exactly, more time to exactly. animate it.
1: Um but yeah it's a really good show check it out fall anime good stuff um and then my last suggestion is a album kind of you are very familiar with this artist you've listened to him quite a bit um and this <sighs> in this album is not new it came out came out 2001 and this is John Mayer John Mayer's album Room for Squares. That um, song is please. actually in this album. You have
0: <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's John Mayer, have... okay? He's got the he's got the beautiful voice of yeah. somebody who's really sad. Yeah. But emotionally deep. He's like the Ed Sheeran
1: <laughs> of America. Pretty much, pretty much.
0: It's really funny. John Mayer was really mad that Ed Sheeran got big because Ed Sheeran filled the void in popular music that John Mayer wanted to fill. They did like a they did one performance together, and like I think John Mayer hates him now, which I think is I I think yeah. is very yeah, funny, funny. But that's just me. Um, John Mayer's cool. I mean, I don't I don't yeah, love, yeah. love John Mayer. Um, but he's cool.
1: So you, I don't think you listened to any of the the songs on. I haven't played you any of these songs from this album. But actually, his album's pretty good. Um, if, if you like some of John Mayer's music, um, like his album Continuum, I've recommended that before. It has the songs um, Waiting on the World to Change, uh, Gravity, Yeah, yeah. I'm working uh, Against Me. Still Dancing in a Burning Room, Dreaming with a Broken Heart. You know, it has those songs. Um, but this, I think this album's kind of underrated. Um, it's quite good. Um, it has kind of like a simi- similar vibe to it, um, but some, some of the lyrics, some of the songs really resonated with me um, while listening to it. A personal favorite of mine has to be No Such Thing. <clears throat> Pretty good song. Um, another good song is uh, Your Body is a Wonderland. That's another good song. Yeah. That's hey, part I of, know that song. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I highly recommend giving it a listen. Pretty good album. I'm not gonna
0: lie. Good stuff, good stuff. That's your three. Uh hype. I've kinda I've got a weird thing. So the I've got a technically half- The, four, monkeys, the, the is, monkeys. No, but the thing is, no, no, no monkeys. No monkeys. Uh two of them I kind of give half suggestions because they're weird. But I'll start with the two that are actually official. One <laughs> I watch movies as I always do and I've watched another one very recently 2000, uh 2000 from the year 2000 uh Ang Lee directed it the movie's called Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon Now you probably heard of it at some point passingly it does not have any tigers or dragons in it it's false advertising if you ask me but you know that's, that's never my business it's a karate movie you know like the it's a very much a action movie of Chinese variety it is an extremely Chinese movie it takes place in China it's got all kinds of Chinese tradition in it and Chinese um, lore mythology it's very much like that it's like an old-timey Chinese action movie and is absolutely fantastic like I was kind of blown away by like how well done this movie is like uh, like the, th- the thing Ang Lee did a bunch of research leading up to this movie he had never done an action movie like this before, and there hadn't been many recently. This movie came out in 2000. You don't see a lot of like traditional kung fu karate action movies kind of thing, you know? But he did his research. He went and like researched what made those movies distinct, what made them like what themes they used, what how they were made, how the action worked. And as a result, it's a very culturally rich and very complex movie in that regard. Like... There's a lot that is just left unexplained here. Like, they can kind of just fly, and they don't really tell you how or why. They just kind of fly. Like, it just makes the action cooler. That's kind of like the really only reason you could think of, and it's just really cool. The movie has this like embodiment of cool in it. It's very, there's, it's very complex with its characters. Like, it has some it has cool characters and good like really great dialogue, but it also just kind of enjoys the action It enjoys flying and defying physics doing crazy stuff. It's a really well done movie that I think like it hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. It's really well done. It's really narratively rich, very culturally significant. Like it feels very connected to the culture of China in that regard. I think it's very well done action packed. It's just a, Really well done. Loved it a lot. Um, secondly, Mandalorian episode twelve, fantastic as per usual. This one was a lot less connected to the past Star Wars like series. Like the first, uh, well, the first two episodes are kind of just they they could be perceived as filler. They're very simple. The third episode is like totally. Like Rebels and Clone Wars connected. This is a big one if, you, if you're a big fan of those shows. Episode four kind of dials it back. It kind of is more some remnants of the first two, but it has big story reveals as and probably the biggest story reveals we've seen. And lightsaber. absolutely action-packed. Like this one is a huge action episode. Uh, no, no lightsaber. Call when there's lightsabers. Uh, but it's a really. I know. I will get to you. I'll get to you. There, there is an episode coming up. I hear rumored. It's Ooh. called the Jedi. So it's possible. But let me tell you, this show is really great. It is super action-packed. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. Who hasn't heard it's, of it? It's It's beautiful. Like, the, the, <laughs> well, I know I'm, not, I'm not trying to say who hasn't heard of it, but I'm saying it's fantastic. Like, the special effects are incredible. Here, especially, there's some great moments. Lots of explosions in this one. Uh, it's a really cool episode. Uh, and I think this is one of those episodes that, like, if you're going to look back, this is going to be one of the things that set up a lot of arcs coming up. It's really well done, and it's really great. It's very exciting times for a Mandalorian fan. Check it out. Episode 12. is called The Siege. Really great. Uh, now, here are the two weird ones. I have a movie to suggest, but I, have, I only suggest it to certain people. And I have a TV show to suggest. That I technically haven't seen. <laughs> but I really want people to watch it. Yeah it's weird. <laughs> you have to bear with me here. One. Hulu recently rebooted the Animaniacs. And. Do, like, they did a completely new season. Steven Spielberg came back to produce it. All the same voice actors came back. And I'm a huge fan of the original Animaniacs. Incredibly well written show. Hilarious. Perfect encapsulation of, t- of the time period. Really well done but it ended in you know early 2000s but the, redoing are doing it on Hulu I have yet to watch it but I guarantee you I don't even need to see it yet to tell you it's really good and I want you to watch it because I I really I'm going to watch the show but the thing is I want the show to continue because Animaniacs is such a great like encapsulation of the times that I think 2020 could totally use it like It makes fun of the things that are popular. It builds on them. It does weird stuff with it. It appeals to both kids and adults in absurdly strange ways that I think totally could fit in this time period. But the thing is, I want it to continually grow. I want the seasons to keep going so that we can keep, you know, it can keep commentating on modern life and, like, how 2020 is in a way that's very, like appealing to both kids and adults it's not super offensive but at the same time it's a little more boundary pushing than a normal kids show so I want you to watch it I will watch it I promise you I'll come back next week and tell you how good it is it, or maybe it hits bad we'll see but like I want you to watch it because I want the show to do well so that they can continue making seasons essentially is what I'm trying to say a little weird but I promise you I will watch this show and we'll, and we'll talk about it again but it's going to be great the Animaniacs reboot on Hulu Secondly, a movie. I'll talk about it very briefly because we are running low on time. But this movie is not perfect. It's actually, to many people, I could see it being kind of annoying. But it appeals to me a lot because it's the kind of person I was. So it's a movie on Netflix called Yes, God, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Listen, 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 listen. It's really funny. Like, it's... Essentially, what the plot is is a girl who's very Catholic. She was raised in a very Catholic environment. It's extremely sheltered and it's extremely oppressive. Which I mean, nothing wrong with that. That's a very common thing. But she starts to you know grow up and explore herself sexually. And I'm gonna try to keep this as non, you know, not keep this not detailed so that we can continue to be somewhat PG. And essentially this if she goes to this camp to try to like you know purify herself make herself feel better about it and she kind of goes through this uh, grows through growing up and realizing that like this time period in a kid is just so strange for everybody when you're growing up and going through puberty it's weird and you feel strange about things you should do and especially being raised in a an environment like a very catholic environment it can make you feel bad about things that not not to say you shouldn't feel bad for, but I'm saying there are things it makes you feel more stressed out and worried that you're you're a terrible person a lot more than a typical person would. I was raised in a very Christian environment, mm-hmm. and I, David, I know you were too, and we both have got, for sure have done Catholic mission trips, and as a result, the humor here is very much reminiscent of that. It's it points out that like people are people they're weird and messed up and strange and especially in this time of life the high this time period of your life it's very very strange and you don't always feel right about yourself and it's about understanding that regardless of the environment you're in you have to understand that you need to do what you need to do you need to learn about yourself and come to the decision on your own about what kind of person you are and You can, and and like, and they acknowledge like people are dependent on, you know, the Catholic and Christian systems to make themselves, you know, to give themselves meaning because that's a huge, important thing. And it's not, it's not villainizing Christianity. It's just saying that this is such a weird time. You need to learn and explore and, you know, not be afraid of yourself. It's, it's essentially just trying to comfort those that are feeling stressed out by their environment and stressed out about the kind of person they're becoming. And granted, if you're not this kind of person, and you're not stressing through this, or you're not relating to it, it's kind of formulaic and a little, a little boring. And the humor is, of course, it's good. It's well done. And if you grew up in that environment, it's very relatable. But it's also not for everybody. So That's what I'm trying to say here. Is like, it's not perfect, but I do suggest it if you've gone through that and want to kind of see it poked fun at. It's not villainizing either side. It's more pointing out that it's weird and you need to just deal with it. Don't be afraid. Just deal with it, you know? It's it's weird. It's funny. It's very, like, very... Ex- not, I mean, it's not explicit. It's very on the nose, especially in comparison to a lot of other kind of humorous depictions of puberty. But it's well done. And I think... I think it's worth checking out if you want to see that kind of, that type of life being ripped. It, it's it's funny. Yeah, I mean, if, if you are super Catholic, I do still think it's worth a watch because, like I said, it's not villainizing Catholicism or that type of system. It's only pointing out that the world is, or the, not the world, growing up is so weird that you can't be afraid of yourself, you know? It's interesting. It's yeah. well done.
1: Well, well, we dragged yeah. the episode out to an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> we did. Aren't we cool? <laughs> I mean, One Piece right, and right. movies good needs stuff. to be discussed, too. It's all good. Um, it, if the episodes are getting too long, let us know. Um, okay. I'm going to make a last-minute announcement, David. Uh, we are approaching yes. December. We were planning to have a hiatus in the future guys this I, I'm, I'm gonna get the exact date here before i choke i'm gonna announce this in more episodes so this is not be the first time this is not or this is not going to be the last time you're going to hear this but on december one oh,
1: marker calendar 20th, on marker calendars.
0: december 20th will be yes will be the last episode of the podcast until mid-january we'll uh, get you the exact date next week but about mid-january we're gonna take a break to enjoy the holiday season, take a breather. Yeah. Not that we're getting sick of this podcast; we're still having a great time, but we're gonna take a breather. You we're know, like, we're back. fine. It'll be you the know, end of we're the fine, season. If
1: take will, a step back. like TV. Show. Make, make 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 the contact
0: better exactly. for you. Exactly, but that that uh, December twentieth episode is gonna be a cool one. We're gonna make that one completely centric on the podcast. We want to talk about what we like about the podcast, what we, what we've been struggling with our favorite episodes, that kind of thing. And we want to answer questions you guys have for us. So leading up to that date from every episode following this one, we're going to talk to, we're going to ask you guys for our questions, get on Instagram. What's that smell underscore you thinking again for the rest of the month, any questions you've got for us, we'll try to answer them to the best of our ability. We will talk about whatever. It doesn't have to be just about the podcast. It can be about movie opinions, TV opinions, Anything you want us to talk about, we'll, dis- we'll discuss it in that one episode. We want it to be centric on just, you know, being very non-formal, yes. relaxed, you know, that kind of cool thing. So, Instagram, please ask us questions. If you have Amino, check out Connor underscore 91302 and ask us questions there. If you have our personal Instagrams and Snapchats, great. Ask us questions there. Doesn't matter. Point is, we want to answer your questions about the podcast so please check us out on those appropriate you know things just t- let us know what we're yes. doing right and doing wrong you know and we'll talk about it on the podcast on december 20th december 20th will be the last episode for a couple of weeks and we'll come back mid-january yes uh, rip roaring and ready to go awesome Awesome! exciting awesome. exciting fun <laughs> uh,
1: all right gonna, that's all I i've got david How,
0: what do you got Alright man, thank you again, listeners, for checking yes. in on us. We appreciate you stopping by. Uh check out the Instagram. What's that smell underscore you thinking again so that you can ask us ask us some questions. You have all of December until the twentieth to do it. And uh you've been listening to the podcast well, that what's we that?